You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Dave, how are you doing today? Not bad, Nick. How are you? Fantastic. Sun is shining and for... and yeah. Shocking, right? For once in our lives, though, we had the snowstorm down here and you did not have the snowstorm up there. So not. the world is reversed in that matter. Yeah. Of course, it was minus six degrees when I got up this morning. So, you know, the snow wouldn't have been quite so bad. But uh, I don't think you guys had minus six on your thermometer. And I'm not talking wind chill here. Talking yeah, I think we were in the positive, but it was definitely single digits. So we'll we'll give you that one. We'll give winter back to you. You can have it. How's yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, I'm about over it. But anyway, it is sunny. So let's just uh we'll just we'll just look up at the blue sky and call it good I like it. So as we often do when we get snowed in, um we've got a podcast queued up and we're gonna talk a lot about investment, investment philosophy, and the um kind of something new for our firm, which is the introduction of uh East Bay. We recently engaged with a firm in Charleston, South Carolina called East Bay Investment Solutions. And they are a team of chartered financial analysts, which uh, CFA, Chartered Financial Analyst, that is that is like the gold standard credential for um, folks in the investment industry that build portfolios and analyze investments specifically. They, do, they are perfectly qualified to do some financial planning too, but their specialty is focusing on the investments. Yeah, so um, definitely, you know, something that we're excited about here at Shotwell Rudder Bear, definitely going to help us in kind of our deliverables to clients, but also in a lot of different ways. And, you know, just some really good resources for us to not only bounce ideas off of, but also kind of understand things a little bit better and, and kind of how the moving pieces and parts work. Their role will essentially be kind of our investment back office. So, you know, we'll be relying on them, but nothing really changes from a from a client perspective, except we're going to feel better informed. I think the, the big thing, and we'll, we'll get into this in detail, but what they've really helped us do is build portfolios that are geared towards our specific investment philosophy and how we like to go about portfolio construction and investments. Yeah. And, you know, I think interestingly enough, Dave, and and obviously we haven't shared this too much on the podcast, but internally, you know, since I've been here, we've been kind of looking for this perfect Mm -hmm. solution out there in the marketplace that kind of marries our investment philosophy with the implementation side of things. And we've never really kind of had something that does that perfectly. Right. Um, and, and we feel really good about how this is going to translate what we believe in the markets and what we believe our clients should be doing into what's actually happening in their portfolios. And uh, and providing all of that with kind of a objective perspective that doesn't have anything to do with any of the solutions they offer. They're not tied to any specific mutual fund company or exchange-traded fund company. They don't work for another brokerage firm. They are just consultants on building portfolios. And so they can they can look at the entire universe of what's out there and help us, you know, create from that, which 
I, I like portfolio work. I've always enjoyed the investment work, but it is just too big a role to try to handle all of that ourselves and still do a good job financial planning for our clients. So for years, you know, we've used outsourced portfolio management in one form or another. And really, you know, we always have looked at our role as kind of the interpreter. We're the connection between the client and the portfolio, but not necessarily calling those shots. And um, I just really feel like this time now we've found a solution that just really hits all those those check boxes for us. Yeah, absolutely. I think to your point, you know, investments is going to be an important piece of any financial plan, but it's also not the only piece and not necessarily the most important piece all of the time. And so for us having a, a having a situation working with East Bay where some of that work we can outsource to them really allows us to focus more on the overall plan and not only interpreting the investment side, but also spending more time on the financial planning, which is what's really important to clients. And so I think that's a a huge benefit for us and what we're able to do for clients. Specifically, what they'll be doing is uh, now that they've helped us develop model portfolios, but they'll be monitoring those portfolios and monitoring the funds that they've helped us choose to implement those portfolios. They'll make recommendations as we go. And then they'll also be there to help us with specific client cases. If a client has um, specific investment needs or is maybe bringing in a portfolio that's invested a certain way already and we need to work around certain things, um, having a um, dedicated person to consult with on that, I think is going to really help us do a good job for folks. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'd like to go back to for a second to one of the things that you mentioned earlier, which is kind of the conflicts and kind of, you know, where we where we got into this. And, and the, the way that I look at it or like to describe it to people is the same reason people search out a fee-only financial planner, which we are. Um, is that, you know, you know that they're not getting paid by investment companies. They're not getting kickbacks. They're not only working for one company. So they're only recommending one company's products. And, and that's kind of exactly the relationship that we were looking for in an investment partner. So that when we bring these individual cases to them, when we build these portfolios, it's not a, well, you know, this is what we can do here at this firm. It's a, here's what's the universe of investments. And we're going to go out and find the best one. And we're going to customize it to exactly who you are, not what we have available. Kind of for comparison's sake, there's there's a lot of third-party asset management programs, turnkey asset management programs out there. And we've used several of them with our clients. And on the good side, you know, they do a great job of building portfolios. And all we have to do is help the client, you know, make sure the client's in the right model and they take it from there. The downside to it is they always come at a cost or a conflict, one or the other. And so typically, you know, to use one of those programs, we would have to add a quarter percent to a half a percent to a client's uh, portfolio fees, or we would be stuck using products from a particular company recommended by a particular company where they were basically making money off the internal expenses and not necessarily recommending the best tools out there because they had a stake in the game and, and wanted you know, to implement with their own programs, their own products. 
So, you know, this is a kind of a different way to go about it because we're able to hire East Bay as a firm rather than each client paying them. It's not, we're not increasing costs to our clients and we're eliminating those conflicts at the same time. Yeah, that's really a, a win-win for us to be able to do those two things. You know, when we look at all this stuff, you know, the main thing is, is part of our investment philosophy is low-cost investing. And so we're able to kind of check that box off. But another one is one of the concerns that we've had with some of the things we've used in the past is those conflicts of interest that creep up. And, you know, we're not saying that, you know, they're doing it on purpose. In a lot of cases, it might be the best decision, but there's always that in the back of your mind, is this really the best decision for the client or for them? Do both of those things align? And anytime you have that kind of creep in and you're questioning things, that can cause issues as far as, you know, recommendations. And don't get me wrong, you know, a lot of those portfolios have performed very, very well and done fantastically for clients. It's just one of those things that we had great solutions and we feel like we found a better solution. And that's always kind of a a win-win for for us and for clients. Well, yeah, the, the way Mario put it to me the other day when we were finalizing the models was, you know, this really isn't a big change from what you've been doing in the past. It's more of an evolution than a revolution. We're just kind of taking what we had and improving on it. And on the things that aren't changing, I just feel better knowing that an objective outside voice has said, yeah, no, that was a good choice. And and there's no reason to change that fund that BlackRock was using, or if some of our clients are in dimensional fund models, you know, that dimensional fund was using the right tool there. And some of that's going to overlap. And, um, but it's just good to know that, you know, it's not, it's not us, um, you know, buying into some party line somewhere. It's, it's, it's been vetted by by people with an objective view and the the knowledge to really do the due diligence at a level that I've aspired to, but not uh, not ever been one hundred percent comfortable with. Absolutely not, and not not only to mention that, but to you know have Mario on and have these. Um, the, his team over there at East Bay to be able to consult with and to be another tool as a part of, of a resource bench at Shotwell Rotor Bear, I think is huge. Um, and it's really going to help us in the long run and clients for that matter. So so I've known Mario, Mario Nardone at, at East Bay since either 2017, either late 2017 or early 2018. I'd have to pull out a calendar and really nail it down. But uh, he was working as a, as a consultant through his firm with our friends at XY Planning Network, developing uh, models for their programs. And I got to know him and uh, I consider him one of the best communicators of investment philosophies yeah, yeah. and invo- uh, investment concepts and economic updates of anybody I've met in the business. He's just got that uh, natural teacher ability about him. So I'm excited about that and being able to take that voice into some of our client programs. Mario started East Bay back in 2014. Before that, he he worked at an advisory firm like ours for a while. Before that, he was at Vanguard for a long time as a a municipal bond specialist and helping develop uh, Vanguard mutual funds and exchange traded funds. So he's got a little... uh, little time in the industry with some uh, pretty impressive stuff on his resume. And uh, his partner, Eric Stein, is also a CFA. And he's been a CFA a little longer since uh, 2001. 
And he was at Goldman Sachs and New Bean Asset Management before he went out on his own. He joined Mario in 2018, but Goldman Sachs and New Bean Asset Management are two of the two of the big players out there. And I like that because it gives them both depth and breadth of experience with with the big institutional firms, but it also kind of like you and me, they both, you know, looked at the corporate route and said, we want to do this on our own and do this right. You know, interestingly enough of, uh, you know, in starting their firm and working in their firm for a lot of the same reasons that um, we kind of started and work in, in our firm. And so I think that aligns as well um, of, of, you know, having that ability to to kind of you know, build things the way that you want them and, and not have, um, you know, other conflicts and things like that. And so um, super excited about that part of it and Mario and his team. And, and like you said, communication wise, I've, I've sat in on quite a few of Mario's presentations um, and they've, I've always pick up at least a few nuggets to take back and, and he does a great job with those. So definitely excited about that aspect too. Are you a small business or a nonprofit that wants to market better? Of course you want to market better. Join heavy-hitting marketing agencies and experts at the Michigan Marketing Outstanding Brands Summit. All the big bosses will be there. 17 presentations on cutting-edge topics like brand dominance, how to make a logo that doesn't suck, figuring out what the heck SEO is, launching your own damn podcast, upcoming annoying changes for social media, creating videos that slay, and so much more. Win big prizes and take advantage of exclusive marketing training. Join the ranks of marketing bosses throughout Michigan and meet me, Amy Zander, the reigning marketing mobstress of Michigan. Mark Friday, May 6th, 2022 on your calendar. It's not too far away to start planning now. Follow Zedia Media on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for a chance to win tickets. Visit ZediaMedia.com for more information and to purchase tickets. That's Z-E-E-D-I-A-M-E-D-I-A.com. Your presence will be honored. Your absence will be noted. So, you know, what can, what can clients expect? You know, a lot of the positions in some of our models are going to stay exactly the same as they ever have. Um, we'll probably see things be simplified here in terms of the number of holdings and the amount of turnover that we have. And But in general, yeah, we're sticking with low-cost, passive mutual funds whenever possible. And that's that's another aspect they bring that I was never able to really feel comfortable with. It's like, when is it time? Like, in what situations do you spend a little more on a on the internal expenses on the fund, when does it make sense? So they've really helped us with that. They believe in global diversification and in leaning, you know, the portfolios kind of the same way we've we've always have, you know, towards value stocks and small companies. It's just is a really good alignment. Forward to it. Kind of on a on a bigger scale, Dave, one of the things I think would be helpful for our listeners, you know, for one of the reasons why we went with East Bay among the ones that we talked about, but probably the biggest one is there was an alignment kind of a, of investment philosophies. And I think, you know, if you're thinking about working with a financial planner, working with an investment company of some way, shape or form. So if you're not a client of ours, I think one of the things that I wish clients would, prospective clients would ask more and, and we try to talk about it, but is that this thought of investment philosophy. 
And so, you know, if you're hiring someone to be your financial planner and investments are a part of that, making sure your investment philosophies align is, is a really important thing that you should be asking whoever it is that you're working with, because those things, you know, no, every firm has a little bit different take on investment philosophy and there's no one way to do it. But if you have a situation where you're hiring someone and your investment philosophies don't align, that's going to cause a lot of issues. And, and that's something you want to know going in. People need to know, like, you know, if, if they're looking for individual tech stocks and day trading, I'm not their guy. We do have our uh, investment philosophy in written form. We did a podcast on it last spring. We can link to yeah. here. Yeah. Did you, uh, do we want to dive into any of that? Um, yeah, we can do, I think you actually summed it up pretty good on the high level of kind of what's changing, what's not changing. But I just think that, you know, it's one of those things that if I'm sitting in front of a potential, if I'm on the other side, and one of the problems is nobody really knows how to interview a financial planner or what to look for or what the differences are. And, and maybe that, and I know we've done some of those, but maybe it's time to do another one of those podcasts, but Investment philosophy is one of the questions that I would always ask if I'm sitting on the other side of the table, just the same way that we, you know, we sought out Mario and his group was alignment of investment philosophy. And that's not to say that we think exactly the same thing and that we're, you know, their investment philosophy is exactly the same as ours. There's some things that we told them we, you know, maybe wanted to scale back on a little bit, but by and large, Pretty, you know, we were the big points are the ones that kind of aligned, and that's something that I would want to know if I'm, uh, you know, searching out a financial planner or searching out an investment philosophy behind, you know, if I'm making an investment, I want to know that whoever's managing that investment, my investment philosophies align in a lot of the same ways. It was interesting, you know, the way that conversations went as we were getting started with Mario, you know, we kind of walked through what we already had down as an investment philosophy. And it was great because he was able to say, okay, but have you considered this aspect? Have you considered that? Some of our clients like to emphasize this part over that part. You know, where do you fall? And just really kind of helped us dial that in. And, you know, I don't think we've changed what we wrote down in terms of what we would talk to clients, but in terms of like in our minds, what that means in terms of how a certain aspect of that investment philosophy translates into, okay, now we're going to put in the 60% stock model. That means this much of this fund for, you know, these reasons. And, um, you know, you just really kind of start to see the clarity there. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think that's so important too for us and for clients just be, you know, investing is hard, right? And it's not hard because you don't know the answer per se. It's hard because it's never going to go the way that you want it to go. And there's always going to be emotions involved and there's always going to be a, okay, is this really what we should be doing or should we make a change? And if you can come up and create a portfolio and have an investment philosophy and believe in it, you're much less likely to change course three months in, six months in, three years in and stick the course in the hard times. And that's really what true success is really about is having a plan and sticking to it and believing in it. And so the more you believe in what you've created, the easier that becomes. And that's, and that's a great point, you know, to the, to the idea that there really was no right or wrong as we were working through it with Mario. I, I, what you just said reminds me, I, I'm trying to remember if it was John Bogle from, you know, the Vanguard 
founder or um, one of his contemporaries who basically said, I'm going to paraphrase. <laughs> I really should look this stuff up before I try these things, right? But, but essentially, <laughs> it doesn't, it, what it boils down to is it doesn't matter what your investment strategy is as long as you have one and you stick to it, right? right? There's a lot yeah. of valid investment philosophies out there. There's a lot of valid approaches. The problem is when you don't have one, you've got, you've got one idea today and a different idea tomorrow, and they may contradict each other, and you're really just going to be spinning your wheels and not getting anywhere as you move from one strategy to another. So find one, stick with it, you know, believe in it, and that gets you through those tough times when, when you're, when you're, um, you know, have to uh, refine your religion. I mean, there's, you know, there's more than one way to be successful. We've seen that with a lot of very, very successful investors. But what we haven't, you know, the, all of those guys to a T have a strategy and stick with it. And they, you know, they play the long game where, you know, you don't see the, you know, this, you don't see the top guy, you know, Warren Buffett didn't start off by day trading and doing crazy stuff. And then, you know, now he's changing into value. And he was a value guy through and through from the very beginning. And, you know, yes, some of that evolved, but he didn't have revelations going back to our other every, you know, 10 years and completely throw out everything he was doing and start all over. It was a process. It was, uh, you know, his, a lot of what he believed 60 years ago is stuff that he's doing today. And, and which is really actually, you know, to build on that idea, he was a value investor, even when value investing wasn't cool for a while. And, yeah. and in fact, oh, yeah. with, you know, a lot of um, growth investing was really the hot, hot hand. And mm-hmm. you didn't see Warren Buffett say, oh, I should be, you know, chasing performance and becoming a growth investor now could he have done it and done well at it probably i'm not you know yeah. not questioning his ability but you know he knew he knew to stick with what he knew and 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 stay true to his uh his philosophy absolutely so i think that well number one we're gonna we're gonna fact check your quote there and we're gonna get the right one <laughs> yeah. in the show notes today so yeah. be sure yeah. to check out the show notes today and, and we'll fact check dave's quote there and get get the right one out um we'll also throw in a link to our investment philosophy and the prior podcast we did on our investment philosophy um, I think that would really help people and, and, and really, I guess if you're sitting at home and, and you're not working with someone and maybe you want to learn how to have an investment philosophy, Dave, do you have any tips for books or things where people can kind of get started in that realm? I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Well, first of all, go ahead and download ours because I think that's, I think it gives, would give people a pretty good framework. The first book that comes to mind is um, The Investment Answer which I don't know that that book calls itself a uh, investment philosophy guidebook, but that's really what it does. It lays out, oh boy, here we go again. I think there are, there are five main questions that the authors lay out that you need to answer to be successful mm-hmm. as an investor and what type of investor you want to be. And that book is, is just a great entree for folks it's a little bit of an advertisement for working with advisors like us, but they also do lay out, um, you know, what you would need to do on your own. And, um, and it was written by a couple of grizzled veterans in the profession that had really seen a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. I could go on about that book, but that's, that's where I would start. And then, um, there's the Warren Buffett way that's got lots of great little nuggets in it. And then of course, uh, 
what is it? The little red book by John Bogle. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, uh, so a random we will book. fact check Dave again and put the right yeah. name and title of those books with the links yeah. to where you can find them. So a random, a random walk down Wall Street is a classic as well. Um, yeah, that really was the first thing along those lines that I read where I was like, "Yeah, that's 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 where I that's where my philosophy falls." All all great suggestions. We'll make sure to put those in the show notes. But I think that. Um, those are all great ideas and, and great places to get started and kind of figuring out your own investment philosophy or, you know, and making sure that your, whatever your investment philosophy is matches up with who you're working with on some of that stuff if you choose to go that route. So great stuff, Dave, as always a pleasure. Um, I, I know you're excited and I'm excited about East Bay. And, and if you have questions out there, feel free to reach out to info at, or at srbadvisors.com, whether that's related to our relationship with East Bay or generating an investment philosophy. Um, we'd love to help where we can. Sounds good, Nick. Thanks, Dave. Take it easy. Gather round and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com. Thank you.